there are a lot of Bruce Springsteen Facebook groups. Some deal with people that are fighting serious illness. There are others that where you post ticket stubs, but Spring Nuts is my favorite Facebook Springsteen group. Uh, the people there are kind, they are loving, they are respectful with each other, and they all adore Bruce and his music. And a big reason why that group works is Howie. Howie is the warden, and he makes sure that all of us are behaving ourselves that we are kind to each other and mostly that we're having fun. Way back in the first year that I was doing the podcast, Howie joined me and I'm going to replay that episode. We are still working on trying to get him back on the show because he and I need to catch up. But for now, here is... All the way back from October 2015, my discussion with the warden, Howie. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. Joining me today is a very special Bruce Bud that I'm excited to get to know. Bruce Bud, introduce yourself. My name is Howie Chaz from Brooklyn, New York. Great Bruce friend, as I'm sure as many on your show. And really, really happy to be here, and I appreciate, you know, even asking. Oh, I am just so glad. My wife asked me today, she says, where are you finding these people? That, And I said, it's just great. I just reach out on Twitter and Facebook and different things, and I go, hey, you want to be on the show? And they're like, what, really me? And I go, absolutely. I just, I just love the wide range of how far Bruce's fandom and yeah. you know reaches and i just i think every bruce fan has a story and yeah. that's my yeah. kind of my definitely mission definitely, in life. definitely a great connection you know i think uh, bruce fans are very very unique you know and i know everyone would say about the people or the bands that they like but i think when it comes to bruce it's definitely um i would the only the only band i could possibly compare it to would be you know, the Grateful Dead, where they'll go to like multiple shows and follow them all over the place and have those stories and how they connect. And, you know, he's definitely uh, got a connection with fans. I think I can't think of many others have. You know, I'm biased because I do a podcast mm -hmm. about him, but I agree. You know, I'm a fairly new fan. I, I became obsessed after seeing him live the first time, 2002. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is in like in the 2014, I went to Nashville by myself. My wife couldn't get off and, and, you know, I met up with a bunch of people, you know, fandoms that I had no idea knowing each other. And we had that Bruce bond that mm -hmm. felt like you were f with friends. Oh, absolutely. It absolutely. Is, you can go, you can just go and, and, uh, no, no, any, no one over there. And, uh, You'll end up, you know, taking phone numbers or, you know, email addresses and 50 friends at that concert because it's like one big Bruce party, you know, family atmosphere. And even there, the same thing like you're doing on your podcast right now is everyone has a story and everyone's sharing it right there and then. And I've seen them 50 times. I've seen them 40 times, you know, and this is where I started and that's where I started. And, you know, you just really have that connection. That's what I think. 
Bruce is all about is his connection with his fans. Absolutely. Howie, start out with, tell us a little about yourself. You said you're from Brooklyn. Brooklyn I wouldn't York, tell yeah. that. Uh, yeah. So uh, talk to us a little bit about growing up, uh, musical influence, and how you found Bruce. Well, um, like I said, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I'm 47 years old. I have a family here down here in, in Brooklyn. From the get-go, I'm musically attached. I am a writer myself, not my day job, <laughs> but um, I've been writing since I was 13, and trying to finally put out a book probably say hopefully by you know January of next year um you know it's lyrics and poetry uh oh nice yeah thank you it's self-published thing it's just more for me um you know an accomplishment I could say you know a lot like Bruce in some ways where you know I'm a perfectionist so this thing Mm -hmm. is a, a work in progress he definitely without a question I mean funny story I mean how I started to get into Bruce was I didn't, you know, I always loved rock, but I was always attached, you know, ironically enough to Barry Manilow. I know this is, you know, makes a lot of people laugh who knows me. The reason why is because of some certain songwriting. Slowly, I, you know, I got into The Who, which was my first rock. And then one day I was, you know, when I was 13, you know, I was by my uncle's house, you know, he's like an older brother to me. And he, you know, ironically, because it's this anniversary and it's, you know, they're releasing the box set in December. Yes. He was playing The River, you know, the album, you know, just, you yeah. know, this LP. And I think the song, I mean, I'm always pretty sure and I was thinking about it over the weekend. The song was Jackson Cage. It just came on. And when it has that opening beats and, you know, the guitar that just, you know, it's like impossible not to just turn around and say, oh, what the heck was that? I started listening a little bit more and a little bit more. And he says, take these albums home with you and just listen to him. Trust me, if you like The Who, you're going to love this guy. And I said, okay. You know, again, I was only 13 and I knew Hungry Heart was on the radio, but that was, you know, more of a popish thing for me. And, you know, I liked it at the time, but, you know, I wanted to see what this guy was about. Um, My uncle said he saw him at the Palladium in 78, you know, during the Darkness tour. And he says, Mm -hmm. you'll know. So he gave me Born to Run, Darkness on the Injured Town, and he gave me um, The River. I started with Born to Run. Little by little, I saw how, you know, for a 13-year-old, I can't really get the profound lyrics that he was doing at the time. I got instantly hooked when Backstreet's came on. Yeah. And when that song came on, I think I must have played it like 100 times because... It, first of all, it had something to do, like, you know, I was 13, I was hanging out in parks and friends, and I had that connection to the song where I was like, wow, this is me. Then I started, I hit Jungle Land, and that just blew my mind. So once those two songs, you know, I, um, came on, and then I did, I became, my obsession started. <laughs> and it was never looking back. I got into darkness just as much, and the river was, you know, awesome. What I used to do is then used to go down to, you know, I'm, I'm not you know, sure if you're familiar with it, but, you know, we in Manhattan, there was the village. Okay, sure. And the village is where all these, you know, specific uh, record shops are there where you can go get your bootlegs. Okay. Bob, Bleaker, um, it's called Bleaker Bob's, and there was another one called Revolver. And I used to go there weekly and just, you know, buy Bruce bootlegs. So what I used to do. Also, when I came home from school, yes. I used to go, go straight to my room, and I would lock my door. Well, not lock it. I shut my door, put my guitar on. I, uh, what I would do is start playing my own. I would lip sync to the Bruce concert. Yes. You know, what would happen 11 o'clock at night, and I think I'm being quiet, and I'm just doing <laughs> the silent version of this. My father would bust through the door and tell me, <laughs> you know, it's 11 o'clock, and I can hear every word you're saying. And I didn't realize I was being that loud, but, you know, that just shows you how much you just lose yourself in, in the music and in the, in the uh, you know, the performance that he does. I, I really became an obsession where I think my uncle, who, like I told you, introduced me to it. Right. But sorry that he did, <laughs> because to this day, that's all I talk about with him. You know, he never thought that he would be creating this monster that he did. Thank you for that. There's so much to do, but I've got to go back to... I graduated high school in 1977. Mm-hmm. I am a child of top 40 rock. Mm-hmm. And 
I loved and love Barry Manilow. <laughs> and whenever I tell the story about listening to top 40 music, I always mention Queen and I mention Elton John. Mm -hmm. And I never I, – I censor myself and don't mention Barry Manilow because of the grief. Right. <laughs> and which is a shame because – you know, the man has written so many great songs. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, Even and, I listen to him this day. Well, anyway. I do, too. And, and I used to – I sang along with the – you know, back then they were eight tracks. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I'm going to include this link in the show notes. Um, a guy named Mark Evanier, who is a comic book writer. He uh, worked for Jack Kirby for a while. Um, he is the executive producer of the Garfield comics, talked about going to see Barry Manilow once in Vegas. Right. And he said he was sitting next to two people who had come from Alberta, Canada to celebrate 20 years of marriage. Mm -hmm. He was assistant manager for computer firm. She's a teaching assistant in the universe. And they fell in love to Weekend in New England. Oh, yeah. Great. Story. And they said it was playing. It created just the right ambience. I'm going to quote Mark Evanier. You know, I sometimes write songs, and if I ever wrote one that changed two lives like that, I'm not sure that wouldn't be better than a Grammy or a double platinum record or rave review in Billboard. Mm -hmm. I, I appreciate your honesty in sharing with me because I have not been that brave at times. <laughs> and so I am so glad you did. And because of you, Howie, now I'm always going to be, <laughs> I'm going to say, yes, Barry Manilow. Absolutely. So go ahead. You were going to, you got to be honest. And you I, I mean, I was like you in the beginning also, but the, you know, for me, um, and that me, you know, getting into mm -hmm. lyrics and poetry, he, yeah. His lyrics and poetry were very um, stripped down. They weren't, you know, cryptic and trying to figure things out. And, I, you know, for a 13-year-old trying to start to write, um, obviously his music was, you know, phenomenal. Um, you know, whether you want to, you know, agree to it or not. Mm -hmm. um, the, you know, there was songs for me like Ready to Take a Chance Again and some other things that really were beautifully written. You know, you could say the same thing about Elton John and some other people who write stripped down type of music. And I think that's why when I got into Bruce and got, you know, really understood his lyrics, um, I needed the other, you know, precursor first to you know, really appreciate something a lot deeper um, like Bruce would write. And, you know, that's really why I do. You know, I can even to this day I would listen to Barry Manilow because, you know, his music is is really, um, you know, profound in its own way. But you know, Bruce is on a different level. That's absolutely. And and we'll we'll one last thing about Barry, and then we'll move on to Bruce. Right. So we may have to have you back on, and we'll just do a Barry episode. Yeah, I'm gonna get screwed for this one. But <laughs> no, no, no. If, if, um, you know. Back in February of 1982, there was a People article about Barry Manilow, mm -hmm. and he told the story that early in his recurring, recording career, he went out to breakfast in Philadelphia with two young singers, mm -hmm. and he told them, I'm going to be bigger than both of you together, and he said, because I'm more commercial, and it was Billy Joe and Bruce Springsteen. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's a great story. Actually. It is. And he said, and he, it wasn't that he thought he'd be better than him. He just says, I, I'm more commercial. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm more commercial. And so right. I think that's hilarious. That's a uh, good point because Billy Joel is, is in that same genre. I hate yes. that strip type, uh, strip down type of music. So I can get that. Yeah. And, and it's, um, and it is funny how in a lot of ways, Bruce has, among younger generations, not totally, but it's like, well, he's that born in the USA guy. Right. And Billy Joe's that uptown girl guy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, Barry is I Wrote the Songs, which, by the way, he didn't write. Right. <laughs> so so um, very interesting. Very cool. Um, so you've discovered the river and you're doing darkness and you're going to kind of you, you've discovered Bruce. 
Um, well, it's we- funny, like when I was, I mean, when discovering Bruce and, you know, when I have these discussions with other Bruce fans is, you know, the thing is for me is, you know, the music's great, but I mean, it's always been the lyrics for me. Right. And a lot of the songs that you would talk to, oh yeah, you know, Badlands and, and, you know, songs that, you know, they're really, really popular and you would, yeah. you know, anyone would probably know for me, like there was songs like, um, you know, something in the night. Mm-hmm. really got to me you know yeah. um streets of fire i mean they're all classics but it's not like we would say uh badlands or prove it all night and things that are popular in his catalog yeah. it was for me uh you know ironically that it was the lesser known i would say in quotations uh tunes like something in the night and like uh streets of fire that really got me hooked yeah so when did you get to see him perform live for the first time? Well, the first time was actually um, it, it was uh, the Born in USA tour. It was to you know the River tour was uh, passed already, and you know I didn't get a chance to see it. Right. Um, but yeah, Born in USA. Um, I actually went to see you know some of the shows in the Meadowlands, which I uh, loved. You know, I really did love. And then, you know, we went to the Giant Stadium shows, which were just as good. But, you know, I'm definitely more of a intimate, uh, more setting of arena than right. I am the stadium stuff. Because I think, you know, although it's powerful, you know, you're seeing Badlands or Born in USA or, you know, Jungle Land, things are those rock anthems that in a stadium, it's, you know, visually it's unreal. <laughs> it's right. unfathomable. But when, as far as the music and the closeness and the intimacy is concerned, you know, I always enjoyed the arenas better. Yeah, you know, it was, I know that's, I've read some books and I know one of his concerns when he, when he went to that other level with Born in the USA, mm-hmm. that how do you keep that end of intimacy in that arena where you are, you know, a commodity and mm-hmm. that everyone – I've told this story before, but um, when I saw him in Houston in 2014, uh, it was a great show. Had a lot of gr- highlights, and I was waiting for my wife to get out of the restroom, and a lady who was slightly drunk said, it's over? And I said, yeah, it was a little <laughs> over three hours. It was great. It's over? He didn't do Born in the USA. I said, yeah, you know, he doesn't actually do that very often, but it's his right. biggest hit. <laughs> well, I just, um, it, she was just flabbergasted that he would not have done that well, signature song. Well, I'll tell you, you know, again, a lot of discussions you would have with Bruce fans, and, you know, and, you know, this very few artists can say this mm-hmm. um, to themselves is that you can go to a Bruce concert and you can play three and a half hours, four hours, you know, whatever. You will still come out of that concert saying, I wish he played this and I wish he played that. His catalog is that huge. And and, and not just like having the songs that each one of these songs are, you know, great in their own right. right. And you just come out saying, oh, I wanted this and I wanted that. And that's really, you know, to Bruce's credit, he recognizes that. He That's why when he plays, you know, these multiple night shows, He's mixing it up. He doesn't, you know, keep the same set list. He's changing right. it up all the time. And those fans, you know, listen, you can't afford it, but yeah. you know, you go to these multiple shows, and even when you go to four or five shows, you're like, I wish, you know, I went, I heard this, and I wish I heard that. And there's been times when I've went to three or four shows in in a, a ten night stand, and then the night I didn't go, he'll play one of the songs I've been dying to hear. You know, it's yes. just, you know, just the way it happens. But he's, right. you know, very few people have that kind of catalog. Yeah. Speaking of the Houston show, he was going to do This Is Your uh, Sword from mm-hmm. High Hopes. Mm-hmm. And he scratched it out to do Seeds because it says Houston in the lyrics. Right, right. And I was like so disappointed because right. I love that song mm-hmm. from uh, High Hopes. Right. Um, yes, it is. And we'll get to that a little bit later about maybe some songs you're chasing. You are blessed, Howie, that you are yep. there on the East Coast mm-hmm. uh, as a boy who grew up in Louisiana and moved to Dallas, Texas in 86. Mm-hmm. I did not get as many chances to see Bruce. Um, so how many times have you seen him live? Well, I've seen him up 
now about 46 times. Um, I being that I did, you know, I am close to Jersey yeah. and, um, you know, I used to have an apartment down there. Um, I've seen him in the clubs, oh, um, nice. which has been, you know, I've ha- had some, you know, my unique stories with, with that. Um, uh, it's, it's one of those things when you go down to the stone pony at the time, you know, it was, uh, you can see him pop up anywhere. I mean, and, you know, he's yeah. come to, you know, these little, um, I won't say restaurants, like something towards like, uh, uh, these fast food places, like they had the inkwell or the windmill. And, you know, I used to live close to there and I find out the next day he was there and he was here and he was, and you want to like, just kill yourself because <laughs> you just miss them. Um, I've seen him, so like two stories I could tell you, I went to see, uh, with my best friend, we went to the Stone Pony and this is when little Steven had his own band and he was, he, you know, when he left during the Born in USA, he didn't, you know, tour, he didn't, you know, tour with them. Right. And we went to, to see his show and all of a sudden doors lock, it was about, you know, 1230, you know, into the you know, show, they locked the doors, you know, little Steven says, I want to bring up one of you, my, you know, friends and my buddy and my this and that. And all of a sudden, you know, Bruce Springsteen place goes nuts. And he comes out through the side where I was standing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so me and my best friend were there and I ended up taking my head, you know, to ruffle his hair, you know, when he walked out, Yeah. you know, just a time. And one of the security guys must have threw me about 50 feet. Oh, wow. <laughs> And I like, hit the wall, and, and my best friend was like, "Howie, you okay? You okay?" And I'm like, "I swear, I didn't even feel it. I'm so happy. <laughs> I, just, I, I didn't, I didn't even feel it. Yeah, I felt it the next day, but I, I, right. I didn't. I was too much on a high um, that night, you know, to, to even feel it. And then the next time, uh, I took one of my cousins to Clarence Clemens' uh, solo shows at Trade Winds, and it was packed i mean it was like a meat locker in there and you know side story is like you know we made our way into somewhere in the middle of the crowd and all of a sudden like this guy huge guy is pushing us out of the way and who's behind them Geraldo rivera and mm. he, he wants to make his way to the front you know and whatever uh long story short you know clarence brings out bruce um they did it i mean i remember that being i remember coming out of that show and he did only like four or five songs, but he did Glory Days. He did Twist and Shout. He did um, Rock and Roll Pneumonia, I thought was awesome, and Jersey Girl. Anyway, I felt when we came out, we felt like we went to a three-hour show. That's how good it was. Wow. And so now I'm going back to Brooklyn. I'm, I'm on the New Jersey you know, turnpike and I'm with my cousin, but I'm flying because I'm flying in my head. I'm like, you know, I, I was such on a high. And then... Sure enough, state trooper comes with his sirens behind me and stops me. And cop says to me, you know, literally, where's the fire? He tells yeah. me. And I'm like, honestly, dude, I, I just came from a Springsteen concert. I'm just like, you know, on a high. And he's just looking at me, shaking his head. And he's, you know, license registration. He gave me the ticket. My cousin's looking at me. He's like, are you crazy? He, I'm like. I don't care. I'll take the ticket. It's all yeah. worth it. You know, that's the way you feel when you when you you're you see him live. Absolutely. Wow, that's that's hilarious. Do you feel when you go to there, are you guessing? Are you thinking he may show up? Well, you know, this is a, a sticking point that I have, and it's some sort of like sticks in my craw sometimes because. Okay. You know, listen, we all love Bruce and we're all obsessed and we all feel like we're his greatest fans, which is great. And listen, back in the day, you know, for me, it was part of the lore. Of course, you know, when I I love I happen to love little Steven's album when it's, yeah. you know, separately, but that I think Bruce was going to show up a whole piece. Of course they did. Yes. And and when I went to the Clarence show, did I expect him? You know, we didn't have the Internet back then where, you know, you get all these news things or whatever you showed up and you you know you rolled the dice right but, you know and i was happy when again but even today is like a lot of it i see it on the internet it's happened to me a couple of times too that you know where if you even like mention it like i went to a Southside johnny show um back in february and Southside johnny was doing bruce's songs it was the night yep. dedicated to him so obviously everyone bought tickets 
you know, it was the hot night to go. And, you know, people, even I said, you know, I, I like Southside Johnny, don't get me wrong, but am I thinking or hoping Bruce is going to come? Of course I'm going to hope that. Yeah. He's my guy. And then all of a sudden, the, like, all these comments came back and forth. Oh, you know, you don't know. He's not going to be there. And, da, 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 and, you know, this is not the 80s. And, they, like, they all got up mm-hmm. and, and and um, yeah. you know, it's like I don't know every time Bruce pees, you know. I mean, so yeah. I don't, you know, it, it's fine. But you know what? It, you know, what's it shouldn't bother anybody because that's part of the lore, in a way. Um, where you know that's his, you know, myth. You hope he shows up. You know, he shows up to Jackson Brown. You know, a couple of weeks ago, no one knew he was going to show up, but he came. You know, there are a lot of times when he showed up for Brian Wilson a couple of weeks ago. He showed up for you too. He showed up. Right. You know. Listen, that's you know you don't buy the tickets. You shouldn't buy the tickets based on that if that's what you put in your hopes are. But there's nothing wrong when it's something Bruce related and you hope he shows up and or you want him to show up. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think when people you know think that they know Bruce so well, you know mm-hmm. that they know what he's gonna do. Okay, maybe you're right. I get it. But doesn't you know don't take away from the people that are you know that have, you know, this thing that they would like to see him. No big deal. That's the only thing that usually sticks in my craw when someone's, like, going off the deep end trying to prove that he's not going to come. It doesn't matter if he comes or not. You know, you, you know, as long as you enjoy the person that you go to see, whether, like, when Joe Braschecki, uh a month or two, actually about three months ago, he, Bruce comes up and plays a two-and-a-half-hour set with him. You yeah. know? Now this now I'm going to the Joe Grishecki concert this Saturday night. We already know he's not coming because Bruce himself said he's not going to come because he's going to be out of town. Right. All right. But and, but if I didn't know those, if I didn't know that, and Bruce didn't say he was not coming, would I hope he wanted he was going to show up? Of course I'm going to hope he's going to show up. What bothers me a little bit is I think there's. There's room to be critical on both ends. Um, I I know that Darlene Love did a mm-hmm. show, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of yep. uh, complaints about people. Well, once they knew Bruce wasn't go, they were trying to sell their tickets. And I know there was disappointment that he said he wasn't going to do this, you know, Joe show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know when I went to Nashville. I had hoped that there would be someone from the Nashville music community that would join him on stage just to get that. Because um, in Dallas several years ago, Bon Jovi was going to play the next night, Mm -hmm. and he came out, and they did Glory Days together. Wow. And so that was fun. Mm -hmm. It was just fun. And I kind of think that is a bonus. Um, I have gone on the record. My family believes that if I had been at the Brian Wilson show, because mm-hmm. I am a huge Beach Boy fan, and I did see his solo tour that he just did this past summer, mm-hmm. if I had been there where Brian Wilson, my original musical you know, obsession, mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen, my current obsession, on the stage together, mm-hmm. I could have died. Like, forget my son getting married, forget grandkids, you know, I mean, that's, life would never have been better. What I think is wonderful, Howie, is because of the magic of the time we live in with phones, Mm -hmm. cameras, we get to see him play guitar with Brian Wilson. We get to see him with Jackson Brown. Um, And that is just kind of amazing. And in fact, we are so spoiled. I don't know if you see it, but when they talked about Jackson Brown, it was like right before his birthday. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. somebody posted, and I'm looking for video pretty soon. (laughs) You know, I hope there's video. It's just, hey, let's do this right away. So, yes. Well, you know, listen, I I mean, I feel, I mean, there's something that one of the things I do feel strongly about when, with Bruce topics and whatnot. So we're going back to the Darlene Love show. You know, a lot of people did buy those tickets in hoping to see Bruce. And again, I don't really feel there's anything wrong with that because if if you idolize someone, if he's your guy and whatever, and there's a chance, 
you know, you, you don't know this till days before the concert comes. What are you going to do? Wait for that to happen? Mm-hmm. Yes, you buy, you know, if you love Mickey Mantle, if you love, you know, anyone from sports, and that there's a chance that anyone from your heroes are going to show up. Yeah, you, you, you may not be, you know, you're not, it's not a knock on Darlene Love. I, I read all that stuff, and I didn't feel it was yeah. like a knock on her. It's, no. It was more of someone wanting to see their idol or their guy and if that's an opportunity where you know it's a 50 50 sometimes right i you you take that opportunity because this is you know your guy now if he doesn't come you know you rolled the dice and you lost yeah but but it was it's not a knock on darlene love and or joe grashecki or anybody else it's just someone that you know you who if you idolize someone and he's your hero and that hero may show up and he has a tendency to do these things and he's affiliated with the album. He's affiliated yep. with Steve Van Sant. So there's a great chance he shows up. You buy the tickets when they come out. And then you, lo- later on, you find that he's not showing. And you sell your tickets. You know, obviously, those people bought it for Bruce. But listen, I, I don't have a problem with that. I, you know, yeah. it's not a knock on Darlene Love. No, absolutely. And I would have – I think you are exactly right. The idea is that's a bonus, Right. Like, I think it's going to be an amazing um, – Darling Love was just on um, – with Elvis Costello mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. the Late Show, and, you yeah, know, and it was amazing. And yeah. so, yeah, you want to enjoy that and see. So, right. yes. I, I, I actually like, you know, the music, you know, sh- you know, not the first person, you know, I'm, I'm not Bruce to me, but definitely yeah. love the music. But, uh, you know, again, it's, it's, you go, if you listen with Joe Grishek, I'm still going to go. Yeah. I, I, I love his music. Was I have, hoping Bruce was going to show up? Damn right. I was hoping. Yeah, Bruce sure. But, you know, what, that's what you do when you, in this particular thing, what we're talking about is Bruce and your, you know, your fans and, and whatever. Yeah, you, this is what you do. This is why people are obsessed with mm-hmm. seeing him because if you, you know, he doesn't, he's not touring, right, right, you know, right now. And, you know, it's, it's too far in between. And if this is a shot for you to see him, maybe, you're, you know, 50-50, I, I would do it every time. Absolutely. So you've already told me a couple of great stories. I love the speeding ticket. I loved you getting pushed by the bouncer. Yeah. Um, I didn't love that so much. But no, no. I guess at the time, though, you were feeling pretty <laughs> yeah. good. Oh, yeah. Uh, is there any other shows that – Well, I have a lot of – I was lucky – I've been lucky to okay. have a lot of, con, you know, sort of uh, connections to – First of all, I was um, I had a small snippet on in Springsteen and I. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I um, I sent in my story, but there was something where they asked me to say three words that you felt, um, you know, okay. Plain Bruce, and I said working class hero, and they used it, you nice. know, and I got into that. Okay. Um, then there was a 1993 or 94. When he was doing the Human Touch and Lucky Town tour, mm-hmm. um, I happened to be sitting in front of Bruce's parents. Oh, nice! That was cool. I mean, I, his mother was dancing the whole time, and I was one row in front of them. Mm-hmm. You know, his father at the time, you should rest in peace, was you know just uh, you know he's yeah. stoic, you know, like you you would think he'd be. Yeah. Um, and I asked his, I turned to his mother and I said. How do I have better seats than you? <laughs> and, <laughs> and she laughed and whatever. And I left her alone. I didn't, you know, yeah. get to that. But Bruce was pointing to her the whole concert. I was making believe he was pointing at me, but I really knew he was pointing yeah. at her. <laughs> but you know, you live in the moments. Yes. <laughs> um, I also had the pleasure of. I used to have a business before um, what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, you know, now I'm. Uh, you know, I run a tech department in, you know, in a trading firm. But before I did this, I had my own retail stores where I used to sell, um, you know, furnish, you know, home furnishings okay. and stuff to that. And one time I had um, Danny Federici came in um, at, you know, this was early on. So we didn't have iPhones or anything like that at the time. Um, we spoke for like good 15 minutes. Really, really great guy. Um, gave me his autograph, you know, small picture, and it was yeah. really nice. And then years later, um, I um, Nils Lofgren came in, and we spoke for a good half an hour, 40 minutes. And he, they were playing. My store was right across the street from David Letterman, so 
um, they were doing the show that night. Um, I think that's the time when they were doing Murder Incorporated and Secret Garden when they okay. got back together. Um, and he, you know, he, I asked him if I can get in, but he, he couldn't. And but what he did do, he went back to his hotel and came back. And he gave me a signed copy of his new CD that he was putting out. And he went specifically. I didn't ask him for it, but he specifically went for me. We had a great conversation and talking about just basically, you know, writing and, you know, types of writing, which is really, you know, what I wanted to pick his brain about. Sure. Um, I, you know, took a great picture. Really, really, you know, awesome. Um, the best thing I could tell you, and I think this would, you know, other than being part of the Leap of Faith um, video that he put out. I was in that as well, um, by chance, only because I was at the show when he did it. Oh, nice. Was the, was the night I met Bruce. Oh, okay. And that was my, you know, claim. My that's my story. My claim to fame. Okay, very nice. Um, they were doing a benefit in Carnegie Hall. Um, they were raising money for, uh, you know, to put musical instruments in, in schools. Okay. And it was a tribute to Bruce. It wasn't that Bruce was going to be there. It was going to just a tribute to Bruce. Okay. Um, they had Patti Smith. They had Steve Earle. They had some up and coming bands, um, you know, and me and my best friend, the same one that I went to the other Stone Pony show. And mm -hmm. this was in 2007. This is right before the Magic album came out. Okay. You know, it was a week before and then it was a day before and then the day of my best friend calls me and tells me he can't go. His wife was pregnant and he didn't want to leave her alone. Mm -hmm. I told him he's got his priorities all screwed up. But yes. anyway, <laughs> um, anyway, so, you know, it was too late really to, uh, I tried to get rid of the ticket and I couldn't get any, cause it wasn't a, again, it wasn't Springsteen show. It was a benefit. Right. Um, tribute. So I ended up going by myself and, you know, I absolutely loved the show. Uh, really, really cool. And then all of a sudden, at you know, towards the end of the show, we like to bring on a special guest and this and that. And all of a sudden, Bruce comes out. And that was totally unexpected. And, you know, the place, you know, went bananas and, you know, the roof came off the joint. And um, he played Rosalita um, with everybody, but he played it with an acoustic guitar, which was something I never seen. And uh, but it was wow. really fun. I mean, it was all messed up because it's really, you know, wasn't rehearsed or anything like that. But it, w it was a great moment. Anyway, the concert ends. And, you know, again, I'm by myself and, you know, everyone's filing out. You know, I said, let me just walk to the front of the thing. I wanted to see the set lists on the, you know, the floor, you know, the, you know. So I walk to the to that and I see. And then all of a sudden, I you know, I see the entrance where all the, the artists were, went out mm -hmm. was open. So I'm like, you know, and then one of the guards come over to me and say, go, you know, go yeah. this way or that way. And I'm like, well, if you're giving me the choice, I'm going to go the way <laughs> these artists just left and, you yeah. know, whatever. So as I was falling out, I heard um, one of the people, you know, when I guess they were part of the event itself said, um, yeah, we're going to have, uh, you know, the dinner on the fourth floor. And I'm like, okay, that's where I need to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but I didn't have those laminated tags that everybody else was carrying. And, you know, so whatever, I came out and then security guard saw me and said to me, um, you know, you don't have the tags, so you're going to have to go, you know, through the exit. It was like, I, I, whenever I tell the story, I was like, I, I think it was like a godly uh, intervention because right. all of a sudden, where she was standing, something happened, like where it caused a commotion that made her leave her post to go see what was going on, which left me the, the entrance to the elevator. <laughs> so I went in the elevator and I was feverishly pushing the up button to, you know, so this door would close. Thankfully it did. I got up to the fourth floor. I come out and the first person I see, I turn to my right and I see Bruce, standing there taking pictures with everyone and i was like i i mean i just froze and i'm like so i told one of the guys i said please 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 i need you to take this picture for me please he says sure no problem all of a sudden bruce goes all right guys i'll see you later and he goes into his dressing room <laughs> i i literally i my heart dropped like i i just felt like the the life was sucked out of me sure I just said, I, I got to stay up. <laughs> so 
literally for about 30 minutes, 40 minutes, I was losing myself into crowds um, just so I wouldn't be pegged without this lemon, you know, laminated yeah. thing. It kicked me out. You know, I'm getting into conversations and they're looking at me like, who is this guy and why is mm-hmm. he here? Then about 40 minutes into this thing, they say, well, we're moving the dinner up to the fifth floor. Right. And I'm like, all right, I'm never going to make it up to the fifth floor. <laughs> I'm lucky sure. I made it this far. Um, they start filing out. Then there was a security guard in front of Bruce's dressing room, you know, but he was like more of like a, I won't say senior citizen, but he was good 60s, right. 70, you know, and all of a sudden Bruce opens up the door and he pokes his head out the door and he says, where's everybody going? The minute that door opened, I blew by that security guard so fast. Right. And I turned, I literally turned them in a circle when I went and I, you know, I gotta be honest when I went, got into the dressing room, uh, John Landau was sitting, you know, on a couch, and there was some people, I guess, from the event. And Bruce got a little bit startled, and you know, rightfully so. Sure, like, oh uh, no, yes. Yeah, no, no, I, I get it. And this is actually, I want to make a point after like, the story, just to okay. you know, say something. And I was, I when I was talking, I was, you know, I was so afraid that they were gonna throw me out real quick. So I was like talking a mile a minute. I don't even think it was English. I was just going, please, I know, no, no, I want to take this big, please, I know, no, I'm a, you know, I mean, whatever I could say. And I saw John Lander like cracking up. Bruce puts his arm around me mm-hmm. and says, "Come, let's take the picture." And we went outside, you know, the dressing room. I gave the security guard my camera, and he's just shaking his head, you know, smiling, you know, yeah. like. What a <laughs> unbelievable, and, you know, I thank Bruce and I said, thank you so much, you know, for this and whatever. And I was beaming. I mean, I, sure. I, I was beaming. I was, so now that he goes, son, you got to go downstairs. Now you got to go. So I'm good now. I'm, I'll go wherever you want me to go. Yes. I go down the elevator, which is the elevator that the artists were going down. Um, so I go downstairs and then as they're taking me out through the back entrance, I hear like there's got to be hundreds of people outside that door. You know, I'm thinking reporters and camera crew or what, you know, fans, obviously. And the door opens up and all of a sudden you go like this big guest, like they think someone's walking out and then they see me and they're like, oh, you know, (laughs) I was definitely not the person they wanted to see. (laughs) Um, But I was beaming. And I guess the point I wanted to make, you know, in general is like, listen, you know, there's I would I would have definitely understood if Bruce said, no, you know, yeah. no, I'm taking this picture the way you came in and, you know, you startled me and this and that. And he would have rightfully done it. I would have been crushed. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But I understand it. And the yes. fact that he did not, okay, was even, you know, more testament to, the, you know, what he, who he is, what he writes about, um, you know, uh, it's not phony. Right. He is one, you know, one of us. And I think he gets it, Um, you know, and just two other points I'm going to make is that, you know, people ask me, well, why did you do this? I'm like, listen, first of all, he's my hero. And this is, you know, you don't know how many chances you're going to get at this. Number two is that, listen, Bruce did it himself when he was trying to, you know, meet Elvis Presley. He him and little Steven jumped over the fence in Graceland. They did. Oh, yeah. That's a famous story. Right. he, um, him and little Steven wanted to meet Elvis. Right. And this is when I think I'm pretty sure it's, it was at the river, um, because he wrote a song for him that he wanted him to use. Not that he, that's what he did it, but he wanted to meet Elvis. They jumped over right. the fence. They got caught. You know, Bruce said, I'm yeah. the one who wrote born to run, blah, blah, blah. And all that stuff. Uh, they weren't going for it. <laughs> they threw him out and that was that. So right. you know, he wanted to meet his hero. I wanted to meet mine. You know, you, some, you have opportunities, you need to, you know, take it. Um, and, but again, when you, if you love someone, like if you, let's say, you, uh, just as an example of Brian Wilson, and yeah. let's say you, you met him on normal terms. Yeah. And, and he was a jerk. Yeah. You would be crushed. Because, right. You know, he's someone that you admire. And I know my uncle, the same one who got me into Bruce when I was, you know, discussing the story, he told me one time he, you know, a big, huge Yankee fan. And he met, he went, he happened to see Mickey Mantle and he brought his glove. Yeah. And, and to get it signed. Unfortunately, Mickey Mantle was very nasty to him. And he told me when he went home, it was not just because the way he talked to him, because he had this image of him of being such a 
great guy and and his hero right. and, this, and when your hero does that you you know you lose faith you know in a lot of uh what you believe in and f- for Bruce to, to be the way he was and he didn't have to be that really just put another notch where I could say he's not phony he is who he is he writes what he writes and he and he, he preaches you know he he walks the walk and yes. you know and it really put him on another pedestal for me saying that I, I the person that I'm listening to the, the person that he writes that all the things that he writes about he believes in and it's not phony that's a great story not only for you taking the bull by the horn so to speak you know and drawing it but uh for john landau laughing and then bruce being kind to you well yeah it was just that's awesome yeah, it 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 really was. Obviously, everyone wants to meet Bruce, and and I always wish, you know, when I talk to all these people that follow, you know, my Instagram stuff, you know, I want that for them because I know what it was for me. It's just a great thing, and you you know, you see all these pictures on the internet how he stops and takes these pictures with just anybody. But for me, the, the like I said, the thing that solidified it for me was just the way he accepted it. And didn't say, well, you know what, the way you handled this was not the right way. So, no, I will not take the picture with you. Right. Went a long way with me. Meanwhile, just to finish that story. So now the next, you know, I send this email with this picture to all of my family and everyone's, you know, thrilled for me knowing, you know, how I idolized the guy. But my best friend who was supposed to come with me, I send that picture to him. And all I got back was three letters. And I know I'm not going to say this, but you'll figure it out yourself WTF. Yes. <laughs> um, now I'm like, you know, did your wife give birth? He goes, nope. I'm like, well, this was not. <laughs> oh, you may have made the right call right. for your family, but yes. Oh, wow. That is a wonderful story. That is greatness. Like, you can't beat that as far as a highlight of seeing him live. So, how about any specific, you know, you've talked a little bit about early albums or songs but is there something that of his music that is a specific means a lot to you kind of a personal anthem or something you think about a lot yeah well there's one that they, you know recently i mean i've oh everyone has their thing um i tend to you know even more so as you know trying you know being a writer is that i tend to to um gravitate more towards the darker stuff um you know things to you know like one step up stolen car um you know a lot of the ballads you know but i think the one that he's written and it's funny because it wasn't it's fairly new i mean considering it we're talking about like from the 1999 Mm -hmm. but i thought it was i think it's one of his best written songs post classic river of darkness albums is uh land of hope and dreams that is, if I had to put it down, that would probably be my favorite Bruce song. It would be tough. I love Better Days. Who doesn't love Thunder Road? Yeah, no, but, that's the classic. But you know what? The thing is, the message for me, and it's, you know, because I believe, you know, I'm a very strong believer in this, that, you know, we shouldn't judge. We shouldn't, you know, make assumptions. Right. We shouldn't. And those lines, you know, saints and sinners, you know, losers and winners, whores yes. and gamblers, all that stuff. And it just, you know, basically saying, listen, you know, we accept everyone. Yes. And we don't, you know, that's the way it should be. And that's why, you know, dreams will not be thwarted. Faith will be rewarded. You know, it's a very, very profound song. Um, it really hits me a lot, you know, when I mm-hmm. hear, because I, I stand for that i don't believe yeah. in you know discriminating against anything and you know we shouldn't judge so that one definitely when i when i look you know hear it and whatever it, it to this day it's it sort of like hits a, a good note with me i was lucky enough my closest i've been to brush with fandom f- fame is east street radio had me on to be the boss oh nice and land and hope and dreams was one of the songs i picked because as I said, when one of my best friends died unexpectedly, um, wow. I spoke that at his funeral. And then at my dad's funeral, I quoted Land of Hope and Dreams. And as I said on that, I hope years from now, my son will quote it at mine. It is just... That should be, that should be when you're 120 years exactly, old. Exactly, <laughs> yes. I do believe it is 
so powerful. Um, we've had different difficulties like all families do. And the idea that tomorrow there'll be sunshine and all this darkness past yep. is just really, really something special. Uh, it, it's really, you know, something, you know, he's written a lot of songs that definitely have yeah. an attachment with me. And I, mm -hmm. a lot of times when I post these things, you know, for, you know, whether on Instagram or Facebook, or whatever it is, you know, the Bruce yeah. photo lyrics that I do, there's a lot of, it's funny because there's so many songs that you feel yes. that Bruce wrote, wrote for you. <laughs> Somehow he wrote it for you. And, you know, there's a lot of them for me that I, I feel that way. Again, it's just like somehow he knew. You know, I, I often use the term he's like our rock and roll therapist. Yes. <laughs> you know, and it's just, uh, it's again, a testament to his genius of writing, how so many songs that you can bring. Everyone has their favorites and, and whatnot. Again, I tend to go towards the darker stuff. But, right. you know, I love my rockers as well. I'm, you know, I remember when I back in 1984 when I went to those places in the village you know I had you know Murder Incorporated wasn't released till 20 30 years later right but I've had that bootleg you know way back when and I must have played that thing oh that, I, I think I bought two copies of it because I wore out the first one and <laughs> I love that song yeah but there's so many things that you know so many songs that have a lot of um, meaning and attachment and it you know it's 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 sometimes when I post these things and I write my little takes on them or messages yeah. with them, a lot of people who sort of message me about it and how it you know certain things get them through. Yeah. You know that's how powerful Bruce's music is. It really gets them through certain things and makes them some kind of consolation or hope. You know yeah, that uh, I, you know it's a lot of them. I totally do. So, Howie, why did you, or what got you to start posting on Instagram and Facebook as you talked about these lyric photos and different memes that you've done? How did you decide to start doing that? Well, I, I saw I saw a lot of them on, and I loved them. I you know, but there weren't. I always felt there wasn't enough of them. Right. <laughs> um, you know, at least of the songs that I loved and whatnot. It's really not that hard to do. It's not a you know, they're not brain yeah. surgery. That's for sure. But the thing is that it was also part of my creativity, you know, trying to always, you know, up it, um, you know, and it was uh, I, I, definitely something I enjoy doing, uh, something that's, you know, it challenged me to try to figure out, you know, find the song in the right, right. picture that would sort of go with it. Um, in, the beginning, in the beginning, I would just, you know, take a lyric, put it on a picture that I felt was, you know, appropriate, and then put it on and then started to take off. Um, and then... I started, you know, there were certain things, there were certain, um, I guess people started like uh, sending their, you know, comments on it. And, you know, it's it sort of, uh, I don't know, like lit my fire, so to speak, where right. I wanted to address something. And I try not to address a lot of them because, you know, you really don't know who you're talking with and whatnot. Right. But, you know, there were certain ones where they come up with things such as, you know, depression and you know a loss of a loved one you know god forbid and, and right. that in nature and then you know i started to give my own you know takes on it and whatever and it's sort of that's when it really started to take off is when i started to attach some of you know those lyrics to today's world and what we right. go through and what and i think that was also something that um people like to hear you know when yes. they feel like uh the lyrics attached to them but that someone you know gets what you know what they're going through sometimes and you know i'm listen i'm i'm really glad that people like them i always got you know positive right. feedback from it it's again it's fun for me it's yeah. not something that takes me hours to do but um you know and and also i made a lot you know this was the probably the best thing i could say about it um that i made a lot of new friends through it you know globally yes <laughs> Um, and that's, so, you know, always to find more Bruce friends and be able, cause you can't talk about Bruce to just anybody. If you're not one of him, you, you, then they don't get it. They just think you're crazy. So, you know, <laughs> so I'm going to tell you a quick story, Howie, because I totally agree with you. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. Um, so I do a doctor who podcast and I have a very good friend, uh, Charles, who I 
record with. And um, uh, there was a, um, you know, Under the Flood was a, um, the, a episode of the series. And I sent a link out saying that, how am I not going to quote, you know, um, Lost in the Flood during the discussion? <laughs> and he sent, he tweeted a Peter Gabriel song and said, well, you could quote this one. And I said, why would I do that? And so in the podcast, he was like, well, there would be people that argue that, you know, Peter Gabriel's better than Bruce. And I went, okay, look, that's like saying Aquaman is better than the Flash and the Flash is his <laughs> favorite character. He so now you're just talking crazy. I said, you know, um, you just don't understand, Charles. And that's why I do this podcast, because I love talking to other Bruce fans and sharing that joy. Yeah. Um, the same reason I get a creativity out of it, but mm -hmm. I get to share the joy. It is so much fun to sit down with someone like yourself, you know, and talking about, you know, how Bruce has affected your life and, mm -hmm. and how the, your adventures. It's just so much fun. No, I appreciate it. I yeah. mean, you know, I'm, I, I, I totally can relate. Yes. You know, to what you're saying, even my, my sister and my mother, you know, they always say, you know, how, what is so great? Why are you so obsessed? And I, you know, I've bought them tickets to yeah. shows and, you know, listen, they're not the Bruce fans that I am and, right. and, you know, whatever, but they got it. Yes. <laughs> they understood it. And in fact, I had them, you know, just even watch, you know, some of the things on YouTube and whatnot. And my mother's like, he's 60 something years old. And he's doing this, you know, and I'm like, yeah. And this is what he does every night. Well, you know, he, he never mails it in. This is every yes. night. My uh, wife says the same thing. She saw him in 2002 uh, at the Rising Tour. It was okay. You know, I mean, she thought it was fine. But then in 2012, we drove up to Cleveland to see him as kind of a couple's vacation. And she mm -hmm. had done a lot of research. Uh, we were going to do bourbon tours, and we were going to see Bruce. So it was our bourbon and Bruce tour. So mm -hmm. I had done a lot of walking so that I could, you know, walk all the distilleries and be in shape. And she listened to a lot of Bruce music. And when she came out of the show, she says, I don't know if I've become a Bruce fan, but I have become a fan of seeing him live. And he may have spoiled me for any other band. That's actually really well put because, you know, again, like like I said, he it's not just a performance. It's it's a, he has he sets a bar that yes. not many people can can match. Well, she can't imagine he's that old. She has a huge crush on Max, she, oh. you know, and, and she's just like, I can't believe that these guys in their 60s are just that kind of energy for three hours mm -hmm. and it's just amazing so yes yes absolutely so we're all hoping he tours next year <laughs> um, is there a song or two that you have never got to hear him perform live or you've only got to hear it a couple of times well, it's funny because that was like when you sent me the format yes. of the show and I was going over and I said, you know, this is a great question for me because, you know, I'm always listening to him. And, you know, then I, then I, I sort of like this is where my creativity was kicking in again and I right. take it to a different level. But um, so, again, so it would be like a two part question. And I was okay. going to so my, my my thing would be, OK, if it was a Bruce related so i mean bruce written song i right. should say and i didn't get to see it yet um i actually had really about five of them but the thing is that i don't i think one two yeah two of them have never been played anyway so okay. it's, you know it'll be a, a debut for him too so we've got um, time for all five if you want to share <laughs> Okay, so it's uh, the promise, which I've never got to see live, but I know you know he's done, and it's a, that, I think also one of my favorite songs. That is on my list as well. Um, and then uh, Preacher's Daughter. Um, it's an outtake that he hasn't released. Ah, okay. Uh, which uh, I still to this day haven't even on the tracks album or you know all these box sets that yeah. he put out, he still hasn't released it, which is strange. Um, then one of my very very personal fam uh, favorites is life itself which he's never played live okay um would be happy as well um he's All never right. played live and he recently did this one song that i actually loved the version when he did it was wages of sin 
Okay, nice. And that was, you know, uh, he only played it once, but I actually really liked it. It got me into the song, which, you know, I, I really didn't listen to on mm-hmm. when the tracks album came out. So, Howie, you've, you've kind of implied that you may have some covers you want to hear. And, you know, I, I, sh- I think I need to start asking that mm-hmm. going forward. Like, you know, not only Bruce songs, but are there some covers you want to hear? So do you have a couple of covers you'd love to see him do? Yeah, I had a bunch of them. But the thing is, you know, for me, when I was thinking about it, I don't know if you, you know, saw it. Like, so he's been doing a lot of these um you know, he goes into the audience, picks out the signs, right. you know, and he does, you know, which is great. And so recently, my, um, you know, last year he filled in for Bono right. um, in Times Square because Bono had the accident and, you know, which was, um, you know, it was great. You know, I, I worked very close from there. So it was, you yeah. know, some um, I just felt like, you know. Uh, you know, I still haven't found what I'm looking for was awesome. I thought where the streets have no name was out of his, you know, range. Right. So, you know, I'm honest about it. Listen, I love okay. Bruce, and but I'm honest. It wasn't his, you know, in his range. So then I'm looking at what songs that I would he do well, which I, you know, mm-hmm. do I think he would be able to hit that or it would sound like him. And then I came up with a couple of them, which I felt was, um, you know, lyrically also would be great. Um, would be Bob O'Reilly from The Who. Yes. Because uh, I think he would, you know, be able to hit that. Definitely turn the page and like a rock from uh, Bob Seger. Oh, nice. Yes. Uh, Midnight Rider from uh, the Allman Brothers. Yes. Uh, Pink Houses from John Mellencamp. Ooh, that would, I'd like to see him do that. Uh, Wonderful Tonight, Eric Clapton. Yes. The song that I felt he should have done from U2 was Desire, because I think that would be something he could do. Yes, I I can see that. And then the last three would be, um, will be Hey, Hey, My, My, and Rockin' in the Free World from Neil Young. Right. Uh, Rock and Roll Never Die. Um, And my personal thing I would love to see him, you know, would do it would be Freebird from Lynyrd Skynyrd. Ah, interesting. (laughs) Yeah, and then those are just some obscure choices for me, but okay. you know, I just felt like lyrically and yeah. notes, he would be able to really knock those out of the park. In in Nashville, he did um, "Bird in Love" and mm-hmm. uh, "Satisfaction," and both were good. Yeah, um, I I would love any Beach Boy song. You know, <laughs> right. early you've seen I've seen it on YouTube where he does. Uh, when I grow up to be a man, mm-hmm. and that's amazing. Uh, I would give, I'd love to see the full this this version of the E Street Band, you know, take on a Beach Boy song would be amazing. Mm-hmm. So good choices. You know, I would think that you would love uh, girls in the summer clothes then because that is <laughs> that is one of that. Um, my um, I did uh, for my E Street. You know, be the boss. Mm-hmm. I did Linda. Mm-hmm. Let me be the one because mm-hmm. my wife's name is Linda. <laughs> Good. I did Better Days. Mm-hmm. Um, girls in their summer clothes. Um, and Land of Hope and Dreams. And now I'm I'm drawing a blank. Oh, and then uh, Dream Baby Dream. Oh yeah, that's you know uh, yeah. awesome. But I could see you know being a Beach Boys yeah. fan that you are. Yes. I could see girls in the summer clothes being it, right up your alley. It is, it is a Beach Boy. It's his version of a Beach Boy song. Right. Absolutely. And it, it, yeah, so it's absolutely wonderful. So um, yeah, I would love to see you know Brian Wilson or any of the Beach Boys join him and do girls in their summer clothes. I would. It's a great, great, great. You know, yeah. I could see that happening. Yes. I, I may have to change my pants. He's so excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Howie, this has been a blast. And yep. you were nervous and you shouldn't have been. You were awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Really, no, it was I, really fun. Yeah. So tell us, how can people find you if they want to tell you and see some of your work? Well, you can find me definitely on my Instagram page, which is E Street Fans. Okay. Um, that's the main thing. Um, I am uh, crazily enough. Um, I trademarked a phrase that I use. It, it sort of uh, caught on, and I was able to trademark it. It's called Spring Nuts. Oh, nice. You know, those. That's all for the you know obsessed. Uh, sure. Bruce fan, and um, I'm going to uh, probably be starting up a Facebook page on that, you know, to do Great. the same thing that I'm doing. Um, 
and you know that's basically the Instagram and that Facebook okay. spring notes would be the place to Good. to reach me. Well, you know, Howie, after you publish, um, I'd really like to have you back on and talk about some of your own writings and poetry and kind of give you a chance to promote the book. I'd be honored. Yeah, I think that'd be great. I look forward to reading it. I mean, I'm looking forward to getting it out. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, sometimes you just got to go, uh, whether it's ready or not, right? Yeah. I know. If you, dear listener, want to be on the podcast and talk about Bruce and all that implies, please send an email to setlustingbruce at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page, and we are on Twitter at setlustingbruce. I'd also appreciate you going to iTunes or Stitcher to rate and review us. It helps people find us. Thank you again, Howie. I'm going to close with, you may recognize this, I will provide for you, and I'll stand by your side. You'll need a good companion now for this part of the ride. Leave behind your sorrows. Let this day be your last. Tomorrow there'll be sunshine and all this darkness past. Amen, brother. Amen. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.